Welcome to the Faith Connections Podcast, a partnership between the Foundry Publishing, Nazarene Discipleship International, and Holiness Today. Welcome to our study this week of 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 1 through 8, and verses 16 to 21. My name is Scott Rainey. I serve with the Church of the Nazarene in the area of Nazarene Discipleship International, or NDI. This adult Sunday school video lesson is provided in collaboration between the Foundry Publishing and NDI. The Sunday school lesson is intended to support the local church's efforts to make disciples who make disciples. Please feel free to use this video in any way that helps your church or its families. In North America today, most 16-year-olds are high school sophomores or juniors. Many get their first driver's license, and many go on their first date. Imagine being the citizen of a nation with the king having real power, and the king is only 16 years old. This is the story of Judah. The king is Uzziah, the focus of our lesson for today. The name Uzziah means Yahweh is my strength. According to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 4, Uzziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. As we will soon see, Uzziah followed his father's example, the good and the bad, as so many sons do. Uzziah's father was King Amaziah of Judah. Amaziah had started his reign as king of Judah by following the Lord. In 2 Chronicles chapter 25, we learn of King Amaziah and Judah's successful military campaign against the men of Sire, the nation of Edom. Unfortunately, when Amaziah returned from slaughtering the Edomites, 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 14, records that, quote, he brought back the gods of the people of Sire. He set them up in his, as his own gods, bowed down to them, and burned sacrifices to them. Now, walking away from the Lord and full of pride from his victory over Edom, Amaziah decided to go into battle against the northern tribes of Israel. The northern tribes of Israel, however, routed Amaziah and the southern tribes of Judah. King Amaziah was taken into captivity in Samaria, the capital of Israel to the north. When Amaziah was taken into captivity, the southern tribes made Uzziah, Amaziah's son, the new king of Judah. This is where we'll pick up our story today in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verses 1 through 8, and verses 16 to 21. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old and made him king in place of his father, Amaziah. He was the one who rebuilt Elath and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his ancestors. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His, mother, his mother's name was Jecoliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, 
who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabneh, and Ashdod. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Gurl, Baal, and against the Meunites. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. And then skipping down to verse 16. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Azariah, the priest, with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord, followed him in. They confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have been unfaithful, and you will, be, you will not be honored by the Lord God. Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand, ready to burn incense, became angry while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar of the, in the Lord's temple, leprosy broke out on his forehead. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. He lived in a separate house, leprous, and banned from the temple of the Lord. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. When Amaziah went into captivity in Samaria, the capital of the northern tribes of Israel, the Judeans made Uzziah king. Amaziah remained in captivity in Samaria until Jehoash, the king of Israel, died. After the death of the king of Israel, Amaziah returned to Judah. He began his reign as king again, but this time as co-king or co-regent with his son Uzziah. Amaziah, however, was never fully accepted as king again. In fact, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 25, verse 27, quote, from the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord, the people of Judah conspired against him. After 15 years, the people had their way, and King Amaziah was killed in Lachish. Now, around 767 BC, King Uzziah was the sole king of Judah again. Uzziah had the second longest reign as king of Judah, 52 years, according to verse 3 of 2 Chronicles 26. Some of those years, he reigned as co-king or co-regent with his father, Amaziah, and toward the end of his life, he will reign again as co-king or co-regent, but this time with his son, Jotham. 
King Uzziah's mother is mentioned as well, Jecolia. It is fairly common in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles to name the king's mother. It appears that king's mother may have even been an official title. From some of the recorded accounts of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, the mother of the king wielded considerable power. In verse 5, we learn of the influence of Zechariah in King Uzziah's life. This is not the Zechariah who prophesied after Uzziah's return from the Babylonian exile more than 200 years later. This Zechariah may have been a priest or another otherwise unknown prophet. Zechariah instructed Uzziah in the fear of God. To fear the Lord meant to walk in the ways of biblical wisdom, seeking the Lord's counsel. As long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, God gave him success, according to 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. The first 15 verses of 2 Chronicles 26 speak of Uzziah's success as king of Judah. His achievements were astounding. We learn in verse 2 that King Uzziah rebuilt Elat, Judah's only southern port city. Elat is about 170 miles straight south of Jerusalem. The city is at the head of the Gulf of Elat, which opens to the Red Sea. Judean possession of Elat was a sign that Judah was relatively strong and having control over this port also contributed to their strength in the region. From this southern port, Judah controlled two different trading routes that went north. The first route was known as the King's Highway. It ran north and east from Elat, east of the Dead Sea, going through Edom, Moab, the Ammonite territories, and ultimately to Damascus in the north, the, in modern-day Syria. The second route went north and west to Gaza and the Mediterranean coast, from Gaza, both Phoenician and Greek ships carried goods throughout the Mediterranean world. Many of Uzziah's successes described in the first 15 verses of 2 Chronicles 26 were made possible by the profits he gained from his control of these two trade highways. Besides the rebuilding of Elat, another major accomplishment of King Uzziah was his military victories over the Philistines, the Arabs, and the Ammonites, recorded in verses 6 through 8. The Philistines were Israel's enemies to the southwest of Judah along the Mediterranean coast. King Uzziah had great success against the Philistines. Verse 6 reveals that he broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. Having control of the Philistine coast meant that Uzziah had control of all Philistia. He then rebuilt the towns near Ashdod, semi-colonizing the Philistine territory, probably marked the beginning of the end for Philistia. The New Testament times, the region was heavily, heavily Jewish, and the Philistines had virtually disappeared 
as a distinctive ethnic group. Uzziah was also successful in military campaigns against the Arabs, Meunites, and the Ammonites, according to verses 7 and 8. The Arab tribes southeast of Judah, including the Meunites, specialized in caravan trading coming from Elat. The Ammonites were located east of Judah across the Jordan River, and we learn in verse 8 that they brought tribute to Uzziah. Finally, Uzziah's fame spread south all the way to Egypt. While Egypt was not a strong power through during this period, the fact that they recognized Uzziah as very powerful was significant. What I want us to see is that King Uzziah's accomplishments were awe-inspiring. Initially, King Uzziah's reign is marked by faithfulness, seeking and fearing God. As he sustained more victories, his power and fame grew throughout the land. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 9 to 15, continue the story of Uzziah's success with agricultural production and military innovations. As we move into verse 16, King Uzziah is a formidable force. Uzziah did not gain all of his of this power by himself. Many Judeans had obviously helped him. How tragic then that he allowed pride to carry him away as though his success had been all of his doing. The writer of 2 Chronicles said in verse 16, his pride led to his downfall. Notice that this sin, that is pride, started in his heart, but soon led to action that was sinful. This is the way sin always begins, a heart issue that soon becomes action. The action of his pride was to use his power as king to assume the authority of a priest in the line of Aaron within the temple of the Lord. Let's take a deeper look at this. The activity of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah were tied closely to the responsibility of worship. If we go all the way back in time to, to Abraham, before there was even a nation of Israel, Abraham encountered Melchizedek. Melchizedek was the king of the Canaanite city of Salem, the early name for Jerusalem. You see the namesake there, Jerusalem. The Bible identifies Melchizedek in Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, as both king of the city and, quote, priest of, the, of God most high. Functioning as priest, Melchizedek pronounced a blessing over Abraham and received Abraham's offering. The role of Israel's rulers in worship reflected that of surrounding nations. Though priests maintained the, the regular daily, weekly, monthly, and annual worship rhythms of the temple, kings took the lead on, such, on special occasions. You don't have to go far in Israel's kingly history to find kings overstepping their boundaries in the area of worship. Remember King Saul, Israel's first king, offered up a sacrifice before a battle instead of waiting for Samuel, the priest, to do it. 
this act was the beginning of King Saul's downfall. At the same time, King David, Israel's second king, was very active in leading worship. According to 1 Chronicles chapter 11, verse 3, David made a covenant before the Lord with the elders who elected him as king. Before going into battle, David regularly sought the Lord's guidance, according to 1 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 10. Immediately after securing Jerusalem as his capital, David led a worship procession that brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, according to 1 Chronicles chapters 15 and 16. The book of Psalms, of course, is filled with David's prayers and songs used in Israelite worship. What we know is that the king's roles and responsibilities were distinct from priestly roles. Exodus chapter 30, verses 1 through 10, describes Aaron and his descendants as the priests who were allowed to offer incense before the Lord in the tabernacle. Once the temple was constructed by King Solomon, the altar of incense was placed in the holy place of the temple, located just in front of the curtains of the most holy place. Only priests were allowed to even enter into the holy place of the temple. Uzziah's desire to worship God was not wrong in and of itself, but something was clearly different in Uzziah's heart that demonstrated pride before God Almighty. Breaking the law of God with a sinful heart of pride, King Uzziah entered the holy place and prepared to burn incense on the altar of incense, verse 16. Uzziah's inappropriate and offensive action needed to be challenged. Confronting the king was important, but could be risky. The high priest who confronted Uzziah was named Azariah. Ironically, the name Azariah is used in First and Second Kings for the name Uzziah. It is ultimately the same name. Azariah and Uzziah both mean Yahweh is my strength. Well, this Azariah, the priest, along with 80 other courageous priests, followed Uzziah into the holy place of the temple to confront the king for his unfaithful attitude and action. There was this moment when Uzziah was confronted by the priests that could have changed his future if he had just humbled himself and repented. Instead, King Uzziah of Judah gets angry and goes on a rage against the priests. I remember one specific instance when I was serving as pastor, when I knew I needed to confront a congregation member directly regarding sin. I am sure I had similar anxiety to the priests in this story. Confrontation always involves risk. And like Uzziah, instead of repenting, the person in my story became angry too. He said, who told you what I've done? Friends, when we know we've done wrong before God and others, instead of fighting with the person bringing the accusation, what if we were to receive the confrontation as love and an opportunity to repent and turn back to God? 
I wonder how this story in 2 Chronicles 26 would have turned out if Uzziah would have turned from his sin at this very important moment. Instead, the story turned south. When Uzziah became angry in verse 19, leprosy broke out on his forehead. Azariah, the high priest, and all the other priests saw the leprosy and hurried Uzziah out of the temple. This time, King Uzziah did not fight with them. Verse 20 says, he was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. Uzziah continued as a leper until the day his, of his death years later. As a leper, Uzziah would never enter the temple of the Lord again. In fact, he could no longer live in his own palace since it was not merely a private dwelling, but housed many administrative functions of the kingdom. Uzziah had to live out his days in a separate house, cut off from most human contact, far from offering incense next to the most sacred place in the temple. He now could not even enter its outer courts with his people. Since most people could not and would not come into King Uzziah's presence, he had to hand over the daily administration of his kingdom to Jotham, his son, who became his co-king or co-regent for the remainder of King Uzziah's days. Because of all his because of his sin, all was taken away. How true Proverbs 16, 18 is. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. In the same year that King Uzziah died, around 733 BC, there was a prophet named Isaiah that entered the temple of the Lord in the very place where Uzziah's pride was revealed. In this sacred occasion, Isaiah had a vision of the Lord that is documented in Isaiah chapter six. The Lord was high and exalted, seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple according to Isaiah six, verse one. Isaiah saw seraphim flying around and calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory, verse three. Verse four of Isaiah six says that the doorposts and the thresholds of the temple shook and the temple was filled with smoke. In that same year and the same temple, Isaiah took a totally different approach to God than did Uzziah. Isaiah cried, woe is me, I'm ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty, Isaiah 6, verse 5. God saw Isaiah's humility and repentance and took away his guilt and atoned for his sin. There are two paths we can walk. One path is a path of pride that ignores God for our own wishes. The end of that path is death and destruction. The other path is a path of humility that finds repentance 
and faith in God. The end of that path is life and everlasting peace. There are only two paths, like two sides of a coin. You must choose one path. The coin is already spinning. Which side of the coin will you choose? Which path will you choose? Please, friend, choose the path of humility, repentance, and faith that leads to life. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connections podcast. If you wish to order Faith Connection materials for your local church, please visit thefoundrypublishing.com. If you've enjoyed this production and wish to hear more, visit holinesstoday.org slash podcast or find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast.